What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the High Wrestling Podcast. And today we are going back to that pay per view retrospective. For those that are new here, first off, hello, my name is Marley. I get high, I watch wrestling, I talk about wrestling, I go to wrestling shows, and I now interview wrestlers. So it's just weed, wrestling, unhinged chaos. Point blank, period. But. Back in April for my birthday, I went back and watched pay-per-views from 1997 because I was born in 1997. I'm as old as the Montreal Screwjob. Sorry to age people, but I'm actually by a couple months I am older than the I. Wow, you know what? I am as old as the Montreal Screwjob, and I have been alive for as long. As South Park has been on air. That's the two things I use to kind of age myself. But. Back from my birthday week. I went back and watched all of the big five pay-per-views. At the time. Because at some point King of the Ring gets discontinued. But from my. for I just went back and watched. Pay-per-views from 1997. And then while I was doing that. I was like why stop there. And I just kept going. And so, life happened for a bit, so I kind of fell off from doing this. But now I'm back doing it, because I hate not finishing projects. As you know, you hear about Aries being good starters, but not great finishers. But I am the type of person where it's like, well, I've made it this far. I gotta keep going. So, that's what we're doing today. We're watching King of the Ring 1999 to continue on with 1999. And I've been keeping track of my favorite wrestlers of each year and my favorite matches of each year as well, too. So, we'll get into all of that in a second. But, first of all, I would just like to talk about the TikTok that absolutely attacked me today. And by today, I mean like an hour ago. It was one of those slideshow TikToks. You could just swipe through the photos. Because there's a... I understand TikTok, but I don't. Because I'm in that weird limbo. Like that weird in-between of Millennial and Gen Z. Where like I, I fit into both. If that makes sense. So there's some shit about TikTok I can understand, but some stuff I absolutely would have a 12-year-old explain to me. Because I come from Tumblr. I come from the Tumblr fandom era. Like, any... Any type of Tumblr you can think of, I probably had. Except for Doctor Who, it was way too confusing. Sherlock, I I didn't get it. Anything outside of those two, I probably had a Tumblr for it. But when it comes to TikTok, absolutely confused. But I saw one today. It was a slideshow. The first slide said, Every hot girl has a relationship with this movie. The second slide was the movie poster to... The live-action adaptation of Dr. Seuss's The Cat in the Hat, starring Mike Myers. That's the only time TikTok has ever called me out to attack. 
you don't understand the chokehold that that movie had on me when I was a kid. And probably still does. I... I probably can't recite it word for word just yet, but... I had the video game for PlayStation 2. That movie had such a chokehold on me. If there's any movie I can recite word for word, it's the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Those those two movies had the biggest chokehold on me. And it is probably... A, the reason I'm so chaotic now, because both of those movies were so chaotic for no reason. Why was David Hasselhoff there? First of all. Second, one of those movies is the reason Ween is one of my favorite bands to this day. And it's not the cat in the hat. Because this episode will be up by the time all of these have been posted... Last Monday, I dropped an interview with Darwin Finch. Last Wednesday, I dropped the vlog to my very first Hood Slam. And last Friday, I dropped the interview with Boss Man Slash of the Underground Wrestling Alliance. All of that is available on YouTube and whatever platform you use to listen to the show. I wanted Boss Man Slash's interview to be, able, to be available on YouTube as well, but... Zoom did not set it up to where it was a split screen, or at least I didn't do that. But next time I will rectify that. So unfortunately, Bossman Slash's interview is not on YouTube due to technical, not difficulties, but technical. We'll leave it there. Um, but yeah, definitely go check those out. And as we are coming up on the month of July, we got a whole new month of shows to look forward to and check out. So if you live in the Northern California area, you and a loved one may be entitled to a show in your vicinity. Unfortunately, not financial compensation. But um, literally in... Every weekend there's a show. And we're starting July off with like a three-day weekend of wrestling. Because Friday, July 7th, we have Hood Slam American Scream in Oakland. Saturday, July 8th, we've got Total Wrestling Federation Stockton Scuffle in Stockton. Also on July 8th, we've got West Coast Pro Cruel Summer in San Francisco. Sunday, July 9th, we have Realm of Warriors doing a show in Lodi. Not a wrestling show, but on Monday, July 10th, Supreme Pro Wrestling is doing an open house, which I believe are tryouts ahead of their show on the 16th. But definitely check that out if you live in Elk Grove and you are an aspiring wrestler. You just want to get into the business yourself. But Saturday, July 15th, we've got Ugwa Urban Legends down in San Jose. Sunday, July 16th, Supreme Pro Wrestling is doing This Means War in Elk Grove. Saturday, July 22nd, Oasis Pro is doing Go Time, which last time I believe I said it was Journey's Odyssey, but that's their August show. Also on Saturday, July 22nd, South Bay Championship Wrestling is doing Slammed Heat down in Santa Clara. 
on Sunday, July 23rd, Collectible Stampede is doing the parking lot brawl in Woodland. And on Friday, July 28th, Big Time Wrestling is doing... What is this? Big Time Wrestling is doing Misery Business in Newark. That's all we have so far for July. I feel like throughout July, more shows will be announced. But as far as I know, that's what's on my calendar. I cannot confirm or deny which shows I am going to because... I am currently on unemployment, and I am trying to use that money to the best of my advantage. So, I don't want to say I'm going to a show when I'm not going to a show, but when I say I can try my best, I will absolutely try my best. But yeah, check those shows out. I may or may not be at them depending on what I can make happen financially, but... I have the platform to share the shows otherwise if I can't be there, but if you definitely want to know what it's like to go to a Hood Slam show, check out my vlog. If you, I was a first timer. What you saw in the vlog was definitely my first time at Hood Slam. And don't bring your fucking kids at all. It's 21 and over. Um... Full-on chaos. If you didn't watch the vlog, I have to sum up my Hood Slam experience in Dark Cheek Let Me Hit Her Blood, Brosif Joe Brody gave me two shots of Jack Daniels, and I smoked with Nuck Nuck the ref while he was refereeing, so... If that doesn't sum up Hood Slam, what will? What will? But I'm hoping to make the next one because it is absolutely fucking chaotic. Um, but I have, if I cannot make Hood Slam or West Coast Pro, because those are the ones that are up in the air right now, for sure, Ugwa Urban Legends. And Oasis Pro Go Time. I could say those latter two shows are more likely than the former two shows. Those are the up in the air shows. But I will try my best. I will do my best. Hell yeah. And in July, I also have open availability for interviews as well, too. I know that I have to reach out to people, but I'm just putting it out there that I do have open availabilities for anybody who potentially wants an interview. We can be sober during the interview. It doesn't have to be... We don't have to be high. We can do it in person and over video chat as well, too. Um, but, Yeah. I will probably reach out to people, but I would like to just put it out there into the universe that availability is open if you would like to sit down for an interview in the month of July. Thumbs up.
So there are a couple things I have to address before we get into King of the Ring 1999. I want to update everybody on my favorite matches of 1999 and my favorite wrestlers of 1999. Since it has been a minute since I've done the pay-per-view retrospective. I also want to talk about Forbidden Door. And I also want to share some brief predictions for Money in the Bank. Now that it is this Saturday. So I want to start with Money in the Bank because my predictions for Money in the Bank are going to be like that. LA Knight, even though Logan Paul is going to win, EO Sky, if not Zelina Vega. I want Becky to do it just for, like, she, she wants to win a Money in the Bank before she retires. But if not EO Sky, Zelina Vega, I can see Trish Stratus winning it for... The storyline. But if we're going with my picks, EO Sky, if not Zelina Vega, LA Knight, if not Damian Priest, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, the Usos, and the Bloodline is kind of like an either way. I feel like it's way too soon to give the Usos the win. I feel like. Roman and Solo should win, and they save the big one for SummerSlam. I'm leaving it there. I see Triple H pulling the trigger on Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, but I this also could go either way. Because it's Ronda and Shayna. I wish I could care about that one, but I just don't. And then Gunther. Matt Riddle does not stand a chance against Gunther. That's money in the bank. I might do a live watch. I might not. I might just want to enjoy money in the bank. I might just want to enjoy money in the bank. For the sake of enjoying money in the bank. But we'll see. We'll see how I feel when we get there. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it, which is I don't know why my favorite phrasing, but Forbidden Door. I came into if I can speak, I came into Forbidden Door in like the middle of the Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega match. Shout out to the homie Chris for letting me oh so graciously use his Bleacher Report. So, yeah, yeah, Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega. Someone was confused when I said that Kenny Omega gave me incel energy, and I, I can't explain it, but it's just, It's fucked up because I don't know Kenny Omega personally to say this, but it's just something about him just screams incel. And I don't like it because I dated one. And that could be personal bias, but I, you can just tell that somebody's an incel. You can just tell. You can see it from a mile away. 
not to be that person, my intuition has never really lied about people, so. I'm sure he's a nice man, but, you know, they usually are in the beginning. I'm kidding. But, yeah, no, that was a good match. It did not make me a fan of Kenny Omega, but I'm not going to knock that Kenny Omega is a good wrestler. He's not my personal favorite, but I'm not going to sit up here and say that it was a terrible match for that reason alone. No, that match had me, like, on the edge of my seat. I was... When you get to a point where both motherfuckers in the match are sporting crimson masks, you know that you've got a banger on your hands. And that just might be my personal personal bias because death matches are my favorite i do like a little bit of blood in my wrestling but you know that they were working hard when both of them had fucking crimson masks and then the fucking the tiger driver the fact that i didn't know who the fuck was gonna win the match because it was one of those You don't know who is going to win this match, but you are pulled in either way because it's not who wins the match. It's the story that's being told. I can put my personal feelings for Kenny Omega aside to say that I want to see the trilogy. I want to see the third one. If they don't do it at all in in, at Wembley, what the fuck was the point of that? What the fuck? What were you setting up if you aren't doing the third match at All In in Wembley, Tony Khan? One day you will pay for your crimes. I didn't really care about Sting, Darby Allen, and yeah, that that six-man tag, I didn't give a shit. Brian Danielson and... Okada, however, Danielson and Okada, for some reason, I just knew that was going to be one of my favorite wrestling matches before it even started, and I wasn't even saying that to be a bandwagon, to be, like, hype. I just knew that regardless, that was going to be a good match. If somebody asked me my favorite matches, that will probably be fourth on the list. Because we got Candice LeRae and, unfortunately, Joey Ryan versus the Young Bucks for world cu- world's cutest tag team. We got Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14. There was a third one, but it slipped my fucking mind. I think I even... Tw- oh, Mick Foley and Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. And then now, Brian Danielson and... I'm going to butcher his first name, Okada, as number four. I I just know that I'm going to butcher his first name if I try to say it. I don't even want to attempt to try. If I know I can't do it, I'm not going to try. That's not my life mindset, but I just know. I know myself well enough to know. That I don't remember phonetically how to say his name. Which is why I know that I'm going to butcher it.
I didn't really think that um, Danielson's arm was broken for real, though, because I, I really thought that he was just faking. I thought that when he was... When they said he was doing shit with one arm, I thought he was just faking, because you know he did the cop-out when he was twitching. So I was like, oh yeah, no, he's copping out. Then the x-ray came out. I That just solidified the fear that I have when it comes to breaking a bone. As someone who has never broken a bone and has... No intention of ever breaking a bone anytime soon, if at all. Knock on wood, literally. Um, yeah, no, that just re-traumatized me. I just have, like, an irrational fear of big injuries that require surgery and, like, medical attention. Because... I know if it looks like it hurts the person injured, I know it's gonna fucking hurt me. The worst thing that I've ever had to do was get cortisone shots in my hip because I was in marching band and we were practicing the high stepping and something pinched in my hip and it was not good. And... I had to do physical therapy and get multiple MRIs. I still, to this day, don't even know what happened to my hip after the MRIs and the physical therapy. But that, I was down bad for like a good, I don't know how many years I my hip was in pain for. I still kind of get phantom pains from it years down the line, but... I can't even scoop my fucking chair to my desk without a sharp pain in my knee. I don't know what I would do if I broke a bone or tore a muscle. I would, I would lose my shit. And that, I feel like my fear of that is only irrational because I'm the type of person where I always have to be doing something. And if I got sidelined by a serious injury and I couldn't do anything, I would lose my ever-loving mind. It, it wouldn't even be the fact that I was injured. It would be the fact that I can't do anything that would stress me out. Which is why I have an irrational fear of major injuries. I kind of just solved my own problem there. It's not even the injury itself. I just hate the idea of not being able to do something. But yeah, Forbidden Door, I hear as a whole, was ten times better than last year's Forbidden Door. And I actually watched last year's Forbidden Door. I I don't know if I don't I can't remember if I bootlegged it or if I actually paid for it. But for a pay-per-view is absolutely out-fucking-rageous, first of all. First of all. Shit should be $25 at most. But. Yeah. That Forbidden Door, really, they did what they were supposed to do. um, Everything is still in my DVR. I have not watched the follow-up from anything at all this week. Um, we'll get them next week, maybe. We'll see. Um, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, you know? 
But before we get into this King of the Ring 1999, my favorite matches of 1999 thus far. From the Royal Rumble, we've got Billy Gunn versus Ken Shamrock. We've got Sable versus Luna Vashon. And then we got Mankind versus The Rock. And then for WrestleMania 15, my favorites were Billy Gunn versus Al Snow versus Hardcore Holly. Undertaker versus Big Boss Man. And then The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's where we are for 1999 this far. And my favorites in 99 are Ken Shamrock, Sable, and Al Snow. Like, my Mount Rushmore is absolutely changing the more we go on with this. Because my all-time all Mount Rushmore of wrestlers, Lita, Mick Foley, Roddy Piper, Macho Man. It's kind of just, it's... I... It's changing. I'm starting to get it for a lot of wrestlers. Because there were just a lot of things fans would talk about that I just didn't get. Because I just wasn't watching wrestling when they were. So I just didn't understand it. I didn't get it. But now that I'm watching, I get it. I understand it. I see what everybody's talking about. Except when it comes to The Rock. I only agree with The Rock being the best on the mic. In the ring... Probably only because he's held a lot of belts. I... He may have good matches, but... The only time The Rock was really good to me was when he was feuding with Ken Shamrock. But then again, I'm not at WrestleMania X7 yet, so I can't speak on that one. Because I hear that one's good. But as of right now... As of where I'm at, in terms chronologically, The Rock has only been good to me when he was feuding with Ken Shamrock. That's it. That's all. But, you know, opinions change. I can put personal feelings aside. Because I've, I've been reading this book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And the chapter that I read today was pretty much about how you're wrong, including myself. Like, everything that I have been talking about this far, I could be absolutely wrong about. And that was the whole point of the chapter. You're wrong. You're not always right. You're fucking wrong. And if you can't accept that you're wrong, you're going to struggle in life. If you can accept that you're wrong, you're going to go far in life. That's the too long, didn't read version. I could be very wrong about my opinion of The Rock. But right now, where I'm at, until my opinion has changed, The Rock is not my favorite. And that's okay. And I also realized the mic was not plugged in this entire time. I'm sure there's a difference. But I'm not going to go back and record this just for that. I didn't even go over the match card like I normally do. So, 
what I'm gonna do is just go in blind. I don't know what to expect here. I'm gonna go in completely blind. I don't know who's winning what. I don't know who's doing what. I don't know what the fuck is supposed to be happening. And that's okay. I feel like that brings the best co content, the less context I have. So we got the number one player hater, Jerry Lawler, as usual, and Jim Ross. If they added a fifth head to Mount Rushmore, Ken Shamrock would be my fifth head. Oh wow, he's bleeding, bleeding. Um, this is also the first pay-per-view, I believe, since Owen Hart died, so that is, you can feel that it's a completely different company after that. You can feel it. I can feel it watching while watching this. What's going on? Who is this? Hardcore Holly. Okay. Hardcore Holly versus X-Pac, okay. So, X-Pac versus Hardcore Holly. I'm also reading about Sunday Night Heat. Because that's obviously something I missed out on. Why don't they bring it back? bring Sunday Night Heat back, but they have the deal with Peacock. Because it used to be on Spike, and now I'm just like, just put on Paramount Network with that. I want to tell you something, I love, I love 
Maybe it could be me and the lack of context I have leading into this match. I feel like somebody else except... Well... I just don't like this match is what I'm trying to say. It could have been everybody... Anybody but X-Pog, I just don't like this match. Hardcore Holly might go on my list. Hold on. For some reason, Kane in the Big Show seems like it's going to be so much better than the first one. Oh my god. I was not lying. Big Show is tossing Kane around like he is a sack of potatoes. Which is crazy to me.
Candace, I'm good. Big Show was about to Big Show was about to clock Kane with the big boot. Kane just knocked the ref out. Hardcore Holly took this as his opportunity to go after Big Show. Got fucking beat up by Kane and now Big Show It's just going. The ref is still fucking down. I need beverage. Nobody knows, but I found out on a recent trip to the dollar store that Sunny D makes lemonade. literally just choking out the Big Show, but the Big Show is about to either chop him or he broke the hold. 
Oh, wow. Oh, now the ref all of a sudden wants to wake up. these pay-per-views turn out better when I don't run down the match card because I'm actually a little upset right now. It's not like I really knew who was going to win, but I was kind of rooting for Big Show for obvious reasons. Ken Shamrock and Billy Gunn, I just know. This is about to pop off. The fact that Billy Gunn is still wrestling like this at his age is crazy. Stop the match, 
Yeah, no, this match was not good. Shamrock is like fucked. Shamrock is fucked. I would have wanted Billy Gunn to win that regardless. China versus Road Dog, okay. She just pushed that man to his knees. China is in a league of her own, which is why I've never really, like, ranked her or put her anywhere on my list of favorites. She's just... It's China. I don't feel like anybody really stood a chance. What if they're building? Judgment Day to be an updated version of D-Generation X. Being built 
as a different version. Or not a different version, but like a version of China. Like, I'm seeing the parallels. referee does not that's a dumbass question but how did he not see or hear that behind him
You're lying if this is not on your favorites list. Because it's on my. Wow, that man is purple. China turned Road Dog purple. Oh my god. That actually makes me kind of like nauseous. Uh, They both turned each other purple. That was crazy. Mark Phillips instigator? Oh. She got thrown into the ref. What is that? Put her on a chain or something on his head. Oh, my God. 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 Oh, my God
Okay, what the hell is going on? Oh god, I my cat was right behind me. I didn't see her when I was leaning back. Like, damn. There was no way China was winning this, by the way. That's so crazy that they're now running everything, but they were just uh, doing all that shit. That was definitely... Okay. They popped off with that one. I don't even care that Road Dog one. That was... That was a banger. That was a banger. So like I said, I'm going into this blind. I did not see the match card before I pressed play. But right now, it looks like the Hardys versus Edge and Christian. Which, wow, that's something, because it's not like they've stopped wrestling, but it's so weird. It's just so weird, because they're still...
I don't want to say much because it's not like I haven't seen Hardy Boys versus Edge and Christian before. And it's not like this is something I've never seen before, which is really what I'm trying to say. But. I think it's just so weird. To see Edge and Christian in the 90s, Edge, Christian, and the Hardys in the 90s, when I literally came into seeing them in the middle of their careers in their prime in, like, the 2000s. So, like, oh my god. Yikes. I'm multitasking because um, I started a Visco, which was something that was big when I was in high school. Everybody like edited their photos on Visco for some reason before they posted it on Instagram, which I feel like some people like still do to this day. But I recently rediscovered it, and I was just trying to airdrop a bunch of photos to my phone so I could just upload them all to Visco. That was so fast, I feel like I barely got a chance to enjoy it. It's so weird to see them all so young, considering that they're all still going. Kane and Mr. Ass. Mr. Ass, Billy Gunn. And I don't know if this is the best half of offense against Kane. The fact that he still looks the same. And is still going at this caliber. Why do I feel like Kane and Mr. Ass, Billy Gunn, is going to be a way better match? Like. The Hardys, Edge, and Christian have had better matches than their King of the Ring 99 match, if I do say so myself. But this one, Kane and Mr. Ass, I feel like I feel like we're doing something here. We're, we're getting somewhere. We're doing something. Here. Knockdown by Kane. Oh, what? Kane, Kane, I'd say, I'm not too bad. 
right off his own goddamn head. Oh my god. I'm already putting this on my list. Why are both of Kane's matches from tonight on my favorite match list? God, who am I? Wow, not a stupid son of a bitch. You know, I thought it was going to be a banger. I am just going to take that off my list because it was looking like it was going to be good. But it was so short. If I do have to say anything about these King of the Ring shows, I hate that they fucking 
condense everything, like the semifinals and the finals. They condense everything for the show, and it just almost makes it feel rushed. Because I thought this match was going to be better than it was, and it was shit. X-Pac and Road Dog. Um, um, we find something nice to say. Um, I'm kidding. No, I just... I'm gonna just piggyback off of what I just said. Doing, like, these semifinals and finals matches during the pay-per-view instead of saving the finals for the King of the Ring event makes the pay-per-view feel rushed. I mean, they gotta do what they gotta do to fill that two-hour time slot, but if they had just done or saved the finals for the King of the Ring event, because if I'm watching the King of the Ring, just... Because I don't give a shit about the King of the Ring. I really don't. I think that it is a pointless tournament. I feel I don't see any purpose behind the King of the Ring. I still don't to this day. Like, they build everybody up. By everybody, I mean what I'm referring to is when Zelina Vega and Xavier Woods won the King of the Ring, their respective King and Queen of the Rings. I didn't see anything, like, storyline-wise, building that up, following that up. I could have missed it, because I just wasn't watching at the time, but it's just... What's the point of the King and Queen of the Ring? Because it's almost like the Owen Hart tournament, where you win the tournament, you get a belt, and then it's like you never won the tournament in the first place. Like, a week will pass, and we'll forget that you were King or Queen of the Ring, or you won that Owen Hart tournament. So that's, that's really how I feel, but I hate when bad things keep happening to my friends. I got, that's why I went silent. I just read something and I'm just like, can a series of good events happen to my friend for once? Like, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Don't keep water and coffee right next to each other like that. That scared the shit out of me. You know, every time I try to go and take a dab, the matches keep ending, so I'm like, am I ever going to take a dab for this episode? Because that's the only thing that's going to make this pay-per-view go by any faster is if I take a fucking dab. They have to bring the back it up again, because I'm just like, who the- First of all, I don't- I don't see how- X-Pac or Road Dog 
qualified to be this far in the King of the Ring. But then again, I don't have the context leading up to this. I didn't watch the Raws and the Sunday Night Heat and Smackdowns leading up to this. I don't know where D-Generation necessarily is at this point in 1999. Oh, so we got Mr. Ass and X-Pac in the finals. If Billy Gunn becomes King of the Ring 1999, that's a little believable. X-Pac becoming King of the Ring 1999, questionable. I'm not sure if I believe that. Dabs are not something I do often because I have a history of chest congestion that comes also from my history of dabbing. And since The Rock and Undertaker both take 20 years to walk to the ring, I think it's a perfect time to just take a dab real quick. Um, I am a cave woman. And I don't know anything about a Puffco or Focus Carta. Take me to Home Depot, give me a propane torch with propane accessories. Give me an old school dab rig. I heat my shit up until it's red. Because when I see that it's red, that's how I know that it's hot. I, I don't get how people can like put their hand under the dab rig and just know that it's hot. Like, no, my shit has to be, like, cherry red for me to see that it's time to fucking take a dab. And I don't let it cool down, because I'm the type of person, I wait too long for it to cool down, and then I have to do it all over again, and that's not what the business of what we're doing here. that really sucks. Oh my god, hold on. dab often so it's just I remember what it's like to take a dab and it's like oh shit wow this is a different Undertaker theme song which was part of the reason I was saying wow it, there was so much going on after that dab because it was like, oh shit, my chest is burning, let me just go into the fetal position real quick. And this is a complete, I don't think I've ever heard this Undertaker theme, and I'm not even joking. Which, fun fact, a lot of these pay-per-views I'm watching for the first time, so if my comments and commentary are jarring, it's because I'm watching a lot of this for the first time. But... I'm not kidding when I say I've never heard this goddamn theme song before. This is, like, 
unsettled. I am so unsettled right now. Because that's not his theme song. I don't like this theme song at all. I don't like... Granted, I've only done like three years so far of this. 1998 was my favorite year for WWF. I'm not going to be biased and say 1997, but 1998 was my favorite year. And this is where I come up with these ideas. This is where I come up with my ideas when I'm like really fucking high. This is now. Not only do I want to go back and watch the In Your House events for subscribers, because that's probably what will happen after I finish NXT TakeOver. I need to write that down before I forget. But now I want to find like specific wrestlers like my specific favorites and go back and watch their iconic matches i want to start with psycho sid because psycho sid is i don't i that's my boy and I only got one year with Psycho Sid because I did not realize he got released in 1998. Where is that list I have? Also, I kind of lied because I said that the first episode of the horror podcast was going to be an Evil Dead Rise rewatch. Um, not saying that's not going to be one of the episodes, but I just had like a... What do I want to call it? A Seinfeld moment? A Dead Dove Do Not Eat moment? I don't know why I didn't... Why I just... So, pretty much... I want to start off the podcast. The very first episode of the podcast is going to be dedicated to Rob Zombie. Yeah. Because I'm sitting here like, yeah, Evil Dead Rise could be the first episode, but with the amount that I love Rob Zombie, he's one of my favorite people, he's one of my favorite artists, he's one of my favorite movie directors, I feel like we gotta start the show off with the Rob Zombie retrospective if you catch my drift yeah so
maybe this is good? I don't know. Remember what I said about fucking Kane and Billy Gunn, and it turned out being terrible. I have not made an effort to go get my glasses. They're all the way across the room. We're raw dogging this. Visually raw dogging this. I can see without my glasses. It's just my eyes start burning after a certain point. They're mainly for screens, but it's gotten to the point where I need them, like, all the time. So this is going on the list. This is replacing Kane. Kane. I also... When I finish each year, I post, like, all of my favorite matches at the end of it all, so everybody will see the full list when I post, um, Survivor Series, yeah, no, Survivor Series. I will say I'm excited to get into 2000, because I feel like that's when things start to, that's when things start to get good. Yeah, no, let me turn on the AC because I'm sweating my ass off. There's so many goddamn windows in this house. the point.
More beverages? Like, Jesus. To the head? Oh! He countered the chair shot with the bell. That's crazy. That is Oh, the 
actually good. This is actually really fucking good. Dare I say it's a favorite match of all time. Is it? Is it not? We maybe. Rock was just a good storyteller. That's all he really had. It's like I wouldn't say he was the best wrestler, but he was a really good storyteller when it counted. Now why did he not jump out the way? He knew damn well he saw that coming. And the ref did nothing to get out the way. He knew he was about to get hit.
You can set him on fire. Somebody get up. kicks out of that. I was about to say. If he kicks out of that. So now we're at the finals of the King of the Ring. X-Pac and Billy Gunn. And now I just, I get why the quarterfinals and semifinals are feel rushed because they want to save as much time as possible for the finals, but the quarterfinals could have happened like the week before, save the semifinals and the finals for the event. crazy. I, I don't do this often. I'm really fucking... 
I never know what to do with myself on a dab high versus a weed high. All I know is whatever the fuck Billy Gunn just did. Do I have to add him to my goddamn list? Yes, I do. Yep, Billy Gunn's on the How did they bleep that out, but I heard somebody say fuck so much earlier on. seems a little upset if I 
I just say so myself. Billy Gunn is king of the ring? Did I call that? Did I call that? Oh my god. I feel like I did. Because it made... I feel like I said something along the lines of it made more sense for Billy Gunn to be king of the ring than it did X-Pac, so... So, Shane and Mr. McMahon versus... Stone Cold. Not in the... Opportunity to get that ladder on the hotel. 
This is one of those matches where Shane does some crazy ass shit. Oh my god.
They're straight up killing each other. Here comes Stone Cold. Three 
Also updating my calendar of local shows. I
What? I mean, I'm not surprised either. Like, I feel like this was just another saga. Man. I'd be pissed too. The fuck? Right. Yeah, no. Uh, King of the Ring 1999. 1999 so far is not my favorite for wrestling. I think Kiki agreed. Yeah, 1999 so far is not my favorite for wrestling. But, I mean, it was alright. It had some highs. It had some lows at some point. I just started updating my because I got really hot and forgot what I was doing. But yeah, no. 99 was okay. King of the Ring 99 was alright. It's not perfect, but it's not the best either. So...